Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, if you're into high school sports, great news from the governor today, Rob. Yeah, it was. Now, it took him about 31 minutes to get to the point that everyone was waiting on. I was thinking the same thing. Golly, but... Well, uh, he had some kind of a glitch there in the middle of the thing. uh, What was that about? Well, yeah, something like that. But anyway, so yeah, just to boil it all down, uh, he said he's issuing an order. All sports may go forward, contact and non-contact. The superintendents uh, of each school can decide... What they want to do, if they want to proceed with the fall or if they want to go in the spring. I know there's some um, uh, schools up in Cuyahoga County, uh, Parma City Schools, that uh, that superintendent really wants to go to the spring. Yeah, I heard you talking to Willie about that. Yeah, That's so, up in the Cleveland area. Right. Parma is. So, they'll, so they'll be able to do that. Um, spectators, none other than the, uh, the, fa- the, you know, the family of the kids. And I'm sure that'll be... Each school will handle that differently. What does that mean? Does that mean just your mom and dad? Does that mean your aunts and uncles, your brothers, sisters? Right. Uh, we shall see. But uh, let's I was going to say, there's going to be a lot of extended families if that's the case, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, people dressing up as uh, grandparents yeah, and uncles and aunts. Grandma and grandpa and Uncle Tom and Aunt Betty and the whole nine yards. There you go. Let's bring on our good friend uh, Scott Kaufman. He's the athletic director at Lakota West High School and also on the board of the OHSAA. Scott, how are you? Oh, it's been a really, really good day. Good. What's been your reaction uh, just to the news uh, that the governor gave out here earlier? Well, you know, the initial reaction is probably a big sigh of relief, and that quickly turned into, you know, kind of some of those pregame jitters that you get before you coach or play (laughs) that just so excited for the kids because it's been such a long journey. You know, we've had six months of, of not a lot of positive things, and, boy, what a great day. That's all I got. I mean, what a great day for kids. So, Scott, let me ask you, did you guys have an inkling of what the governor was going to say, or did you find out when the rest of us did? Well, you know, we I think, you know, we all try to interpret things on our own. You know, you think about some of the things that the governor did last week um, with his press conferences, you know, the doctors he had on on Tuesday and then the doctor he had on, on Thursday, because I think it's been real important for him to be very specific and open about what, you know, there are risks with this. Let's, I mean, this virus is real. The issues with it are real. And I think it's it, it's been important for him to be able to share what are those risks associated with with that. And then being able to turn around and say, you know, with those risks, you as a parent get to decide what's in the best interest of your child. And I, and I think he did a really good job of setting the table and then giving people time to reflect on it to ultimately today coming in and saying, we know what the risks are. We had another doctor on today. And if you want to take those risks, hey, go play. And and I, I, I respect him for the manner in which he wants that. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'd have loved to have heard this two weeks ago. Uh, you know, total disregard for my heart condition. You know, but bottom line is this is all in time to be able to start soccer this weekend and be able to start football next weekend. All the other sports have already started. Uh, you know, we know we have to have a new normal. And this is one of those ways that helps us get back to a new normal. And like I said, just so excited for our kids.
Now, Scott, the devil is going to be in the details here because yeah. if anybody thinks that when all 88 counties of athletes in football, soccer, men, men's soccer, women's soccer, et cetera, are going to come back to sports and there's going to be zero positive cases out of this is dreaming. There's going to be some spikes. There's going to be some positive cases. Some kids are going to test positive for COVID. What happens then? Any details, Scott, on it? Does the whole team have to shut down? Does that individual have to stay out a certain amount of time? What's that? Well, there's, like you said, devil in the details, but the simple fact of the matter is we've been working through these type of things all summer long. You know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago about our workout started, you know, right after Memorial Day. And the simple fact of the matter is, yes, we know there will be positive cases. No one here is suggesting that there won't be. Um, you know, how we deal with those, you know, we have protocols in place and the aspects of immediately isolating the person that uh, has tested positive, but in the same respects prior to that, we're isolating kids who have symptoms because we're doing daily wellness checks and we're doing daily temperature checks. And, uh, you know, when they're outside of the field of play, they're wearing their masks and we're doing everything we can to minimize that spread that goes with it. But at the end of the day, when that first kid tests positive, you know, then we bring the county in and, and we bring in our school nurses and we try to trace back and try to minimize the number of people that have to be isolated. Uh, but in the same respects, it's, it's real important that we get a grip on, you know, where does that close contact occur? And we talk about the aspects of the definition that we've been given for a couple months now. Close contact is, uh, you know, being within six feet without a mask for 10, 15 minutes or more. And there's been some talk of reducing that to 10. But everything that we've done has been designed around minimizing that type of close contact, whether it's in a locker room or a weight room or even on a playing field or in a gym. And uh, so, you know, we're hoping when we're able to trace back that we'll be able to minimize those close contacts. So, Scott, if a kid uh, tests positive, uh, are they going to be quarantined for two weeks? Are they out for two weeks or is it a, a test contingent thing? How does that work? Anybody that tests positive, you know, I guess the way I've kind of explained it to my coaches, once a kid tests positive, you know, similar to a concussion protocol, they can't come back until they're cleared by a physician. So, you know, once they test positive, they're immediately out of school, they're removed from the playing field, uh, and then, you know, they go through the healing process. Hopefully that's uneventful, and in most cases that's uneventful. Uh, and then once they're cleared by a physician, then they'll be able to come back. Uh, and so those aren't necessarily school decisions. Those are going to be county-driven and doctor-driven. Now, Scott, does the OHSAA have any say or recommendations for how schools will proceed with having fans and, and what that's going to be limited to, how they're supposed to do the seating and the distancing and all that? Any details on that? So what we're expecting, you know, and we'll get a little more detail from the governor's order. Um, some of the things that I've seen in advance is i you know, he is certainly, and he reiterated that today on the phone, that, that it's really going to be centered around families. Uh, the nice thing about when it's centered around families, for all intents and purposes, they're already in that pod with the kids that are on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did an inter-squad scrimmage last week, and we had fans, and, and it was just parents. We gave every athlete two tickets to give to their parents, and our parents were phenomenal. We took their temperature upon arrival. They wore their masks, and they spread out in our bleachers. And I think by end count, we had 183 people in the stands that normally hold 3,500. So they were able to spread out very effectively. I think what we're going to see from the governor's paperwork, uh, what I hope to be tonight or tomorrow, will probably be, uh, you know, a 15% of permanent seating capacity that is 
supposed to be geared towards focusing on family. Uh, what I think will be a local school district decision is how they're better, how they're best able to deal with that number of tickets. You know, for me, as I look at Lakota West, I got my football players, I got my cheerleaders, and I got my marching band members. And we're gonna we're gonna try to make it to where everybody can get to as many you know of the six as many of the games as they can. We've already set it up with Chatterbox that we're gonna live stream our games. So even if you're not able to get in the stands, you'll be able to watch our team play. And and I think that's been you know my my big push here for the last few months is making sure that once we were ready to go, even though you might not be able to be in person, we're going to make sure you're going to be able to see the kids play because I think Rocky, you've heard me say multiple times, the only thing I care about is getting those kids on the field sure. or on the court. And you know I'd have taken an empty stands if I had to, but at least mom and dad are going to get in, and we'll see if there's room for a little bit more beyond that. But my number one concern is the kids on the field and their parents. And the rest, you know what, we'll have an option for you to see it online. All right, Scott, let me ask you this. How about a school uh, district like Middletown, say? And I don't know if there are any other in the state, I assume there are, that have already said they're not playing. Are they free to come back in? How does that work? Well, you know, at the end of the day, I think, uh, yes, you know, they're able to come in at any time. I think the challenge that you run into uh, coming in midstream becomes a schedule. You know, because every right. that's you know, what I was wondering. Same, right. We're we're all in the same boat that you know. I feel it's my responsibility as a Lakota West AD to get my kids as many games as I can. Now we we've set up a six game league schedule, um, and then there's a playoff game, and then there's potential. You know, if we lose, which I don't want to, and Coach Bolden's got one job to ensure that we don't. Uh, but if we do, then you know I'm able to pick up you know a game week eight, nine, and ten. Because uh, my kids deserve a ten-game schedule if we're able to get that far. Because, and again, Rocky, you and I have talked about it. You know, we reached the finish line of the starting line. You know, we 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 got to today. <laughs> but I'll be honest, the hard part really begins now. Getting open really is the easy part. Staying open that's going to take all there of us. Go. And and we got to wear our masks. We got to back up and create distance, and we got to wash our hands, and we got to give the kids the best chance we can to stay out there, so we can be thinking about how many games can we get in. But so, in the case of a Middletown, uh, you know, number one, you know, I respect the decision that their superintendent and, and school districts had to make, and they got to make a decision that's best for them. If they make the decision that they can come back in, you know, then electronic means make it a lot easier to try to fill a schedule. Um, but I also know it's in the catch-22 because other schools are wanting to fill their schedules, and the unknown of what somebody might be doing puts them in a really tough spot. Now, what you just said, you're right, is everything. That's now staying open. That's the athletes having the discipline yeah. to not go to 12 parties on a weekend and not, uh, yeah. eat, you know, and to you know wash their hands and to do all those sorts of things and just kind of grunt this out for a couple months. Now, one of the, to me, one of the main reasons against. Uh, going to the spring is when if football is now or soccer and girls soccer is now uh, my experience is the athletes get it they're disciplined they want to have a season you know i've talked to coaches and they're they're saying their players are getting on the other players say hey man come on don't ruin the season for us whereas if now if you're playing say soccer in march all of a sudden you're you know, uh, d- desire to really bear down and, and be safe and do the right thing is kind of lets up. I mean, it's kind of human nature. Ah, well, the season's far away. I'll just kind of do whatever I want to do for a while versus if the season's going to, we want the season to start in a week and a half and continue to go on. We got to bear down harder than ever. I, I think there's a case be made of if you put it off to spring, now all of a sudden everybody kind of lets their foot off the gas a bit. 
Well, and, and the simple fact, the unknowns through this, and believe me, we both know, or all three of us know, that the unknowns of this have been, have been crazy. We don't know that things will be better come March. And to just assume that we can yes, turn around yes. and make this work for the spring is, is just wrong. Thank In the you. same respect, the spring sport athletes have already done their time, so to speak. You know, they lost their season. They don't need to have a fall sport impact their, their spring sport. And, you know, so it might be easy for me to say that because I'm fighting, you know, tooth and nail to try to have this fall season occur. But if I'm in a school that has been shut down for whatever reason, yeah, I, I like the aspects of possibly playing in the spring. And, and if you think about what we talked about last week with going to the six-game schedule, is it created a window for if I delayed my start or came back late, it, it still gave you a chance to come back and finish this season. Well, what this does is for the, you know, I think last I checked there were 40 or 50 schools throughout all of Ohio, most of them up in the north and northeast, that are either closed down or suspended or all virtual. It gives them some hope, and, and you heard Governor Lieutenant Governor Schuster today use the word hope a few times. And uh, you know, a meeting I sat in with them, we use the word hope a lot. The kids deserve hope, and if right now their school district shut down because in their county it's the right thing, or their superintendent believes it's the right thing, they still have the hope of knowing that there could be something for fall sports in the fall or in the spring. But we just don't know what that might look like because you don't know how many teams that might involve. But at the end of the day. Everybody has the potential opportunity, and we're all about opportunities. And so if, if instead of, you know, just kind of cutting something off at the knees and saying, nope, you do it now or you can't do it, you know, it just puts kids in a negative situation, and that's not what we're about. And do I think it might look difficult in the spring? Sure it will. What is it, you know, you, you, we still have to think about the winter. I, you know, I hope, like, we get through the fall and, and we don't have any spike and we're able to keep moving forward and then we can go into winter – but there's concerns about winter. You know, we're indoors, not necessarily as good a ventilation as being outdoors. Right. So we have a whole new set of issues to go through. And if we if we already talk about delaying the fall to move to the spring, what are we going to say about the winter? Because you can't have 30 sports in the spring. And I'm a big right. and having. I was going to say, Scott, with spring, that, we're going to have to get going. But okay. we really appreciate you talking to us. Yeah, man, Scott, That's thanks no so problem. much. Thanks, man. All right, take care. There's a lot, yeah. to be a, a lot of ground to be covered there. I understand that. Scott Kaufman. Um, Rockets, uh, I'm, I, you know what? I'm real happy for these kids. I'll be honest with you. Very that happy cool. with them. And, and that's been my feeling all along, just as Scott said. That there is no guarantee at all that things are going to be better in the spring. They could be very much be worse. So instead of sitting around waiting around forecasting, this may happen, this might happen, let's start the season. And if things go awry, all of a sudden, oh, my God, there's all these kids in hospital beds all across the city, boom, you shut it down and you go from there. But to sit there and wait and wait and wait for the perfect 75-degree and sunny day, that day may never come. I like what we're doing. We're checking traffic now. Rob, what's going on? Crazy, crazy afternoon due to the rain. I'm Rob Williams uh, from the UC Health Traffic Center. UC Health's new mobile stroke unit brings stroke care to your door when seconds can mean the difference. Learn more at uchealth.com slash mobile stroke. There's an accident on southbound 75 near Western Avenue. It's got traffic backed up to Hopple. An injury accident eastbound 275 past Mosteller blocks the right lane. Traffic there heavy towards 747 with a 20-minute delay. There's a broken down semi on southbound 75's collector ramp to Donaldson. It's blocking the left lane there. 
there. You've got accidents Colerain Avenue between Kirby and Jessup and Redding near Victory Parkway. Traffic is heavy with a five-minute delay northbound 75 between Mitchell and Paddock, a six-minute delay northbound 71 between the Norwood Lateral and Stewart. Construction delays 14 minutes southbound 75 from south of Freeman, 17 minutes northbound from 275 and a 19-minute delay westbound 275 from Taylor Mill. Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. This is the Training Camp Report, brought to you by the all-new Larkin Greenwood Ford in Connorsville, Indiana. Service and value every day on 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. All right, here with the Training Camp Report is our own Tony Pike. Tony, how are you, bud? I'm doing well, Rock. How you doing? Doing good. So uh, more injury news on the Bengals front today. I saw uh, Bengals safety uh, Sean Williams um, went down with an injury. What's his status? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and Zach Taylor said after practice they got to wait to kind of hear and see what the results are. But, I mean, this was 10 minutes into practice. And, and you know from, from going through these practices, that's right after stretching. You get into individual work and – it's almost still like a walk-through mentality during that. You're, you're getting some of your install together. With where the guys are standing on the field, they're so far away. You didn't get to see what actually happened when he went down. It's obviously a non-contact thing, but mm. you see the aftermath of a trainer being over there and them calling out the cart. And, look, I mean, anytime we saw it you know, the, the day before, A.J. Green uh, tweaks something and he kind of stays out there. Ronell Wren gets carted off. Anytime you see the card come on the field, you're certainly concerned with uh, with what the severity of that injury is. Yeah, so essentially what you're saying, this this didn't happen in the 12th play of a two-minute drive at the end of, of a long practice. This happened right. early on, basically, in, in the walkthrough kind of session. Right, yeah. I mean, you're, you're 10, 15 minutes into practice uh, just breaking off into individual work. So that's it's something that you, you, you're not thinking at that time you're going to have to look at you know a player injury. You're just watching – at that time, who's practicing today? Uh, what position group you want to check in? And next thing you know, the card's coming out. Yeah, and look, it's going to be interesting, Tony, to watch this all the way through, in my opinion, the first two, maybe three weeks of the season, just to see how much the abridged off season, the lack of OTA days, the lack of, you know, there was a period of time where these players weren't even allowed to work out with, you know, in this case, the Bengals. So yep. we're, we're going to see... You know, some folks were, or look, they, they were left to their own to work out and make sure they're taking care of their business. Some did, maybe some won't, but it'll be interesting to, to see how that goes down quickly. Uh, Tony, uh, T. Higgins, I guess, uh, uh, pick uh, in this last year. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Draft, he was, he dressed, but did he, did he practice today? 
He just went through individual work, and, and A.J. Green kind of hung with him during the individual drills, and once team got going, uh, he put his helmet down and watched. So T. Higgins did some individual work, uh, obviously not doing team stuff yet. And, you know, as you said, with the injuries this year, not just the injuries, you don't have a very long training camp, and yeah. already the wide receiver core, no A.J., no T. Higgins yet, no John Ross. you got to get guys some live reps soon just to get that timing element down. All right, well, good stuff, Tom. We'll talk to you here in a few, buddy. Thanks. Sounds good, buddy. 700 WLW. Rock, this story has us written all over it. (laughs) Sex, sex, and more sex. (laughs) Sex, sex, and more sex. And beer and rock and roll. What more could you ask for? I was saying, there's like a weird priest, a local band. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff involved. And we're, of course, talking about the uh, Judge Gentry uh, fiasco in Northern Kentucky. Yeah, well, I, we haven't talked about it. I know Willie is, uh, you know, this has got him all aroused. But, you know, you and I haven't touched it to this point, and I thought, because it's kind of, it is wrapped up, it's in the uh, judicial panel's hands right now is the way I understand it. Let's talk to a guy who's covered it extensively for the Inquirer. Scott Wart- uh, Wartman, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you for having me. So, so yeah, this was quite am, a case. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. think? <laughs> <laughs> so am, am I wrong there? This is now in the hands of a, of a, ju- a judicial panel. You are correct. Uh, it's not a criminal trial, so it didn't work like a jury where they, they come out with a verdict. It's going to come out, uh, the panel, which is full of judges. There actually is a dentist on there. Uh, they're going to come out with a written decision, basically, whether Judge Don Gentry uh, violated any any uh, judicial codes and precepts. Now, and Scott, you did a great job of summarizing this whole thing in the inquiry because yeah. it's it, there's so Thank many you. moving parts and it's hard to understand. But now, I mean, obviously, I've followed it and I, I read your whole piece, and I've talked to some people over in Northern Kentucky, and every one of them said. Judge, you know, Don Gentry is a great judge, does a great job and, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, maybe he might have been going through a, a bad partner marriage and things like that, wound up, you know, having an affair, all these sorts of things. But so the question comes down to, is this, you know, by the letter of the law, uh, something that should get her kicked off the bench or is it just something that is looked as, look, this is kind of beneath the position and she needs to kind of resign herself or, or, or go go somewhere mm-hmm. else? Well, I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a consensus as far as her uh, ability as a judge, because she, and which is why the case was brought. She has her critics, people that said that she played favoritism and politics with these judicial panels that are designed to help children that are abused, and that's where, as far as the actual violations, that's where a lot of the the uh, uh, the heart of the violations and accusations against her that could get her in trouble reside. But as her defense attorney said, it's a case infected by sex, which is uh, it has a ring to it. <laughs> yeah, that's a headline right really- there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be on Dateline with that guy who talks like and then it, it, Steve it was Penrose came into the case. <laughs> It was quoted by the New York Post over the weekend, so it's well on its way to Dateline. Explain, so, uh, explain, Scott uh, Stephen Penrose. In, in, in your in your piece, you you alluded him to like a Rasputin kind of figure. He's a pastor. He was a member in a band with her, and I guess 
Sounds mm-hmm. like he had the hots for her. That she didn't really have the hots for him, but kind of was a very influential person, a, a dear friend kind of thing. Explain his role. Wow, where do I begin? Um, and yeah, the defense pretty much blamed most of the transgressions and the wild behavior uh, in her office on him. And his side of the story, we don't know. He didn't show up to court uh, on Wednesday. The uh, the prosecutor said that they served him a subpoena. He didn't show up. His attorney says that the uh, the, the Judicial Conduct Commission uh, never left a message for him on when he should show up. So uh, who knows what exactly happened there, but we didn't get to hear his side of the story, which kind of creates, you know, adds to the mystery. Um, but basically, uh, she was, he was Don Gentry, the, the family court judge's, case specialist, uh, but she knew him because uh, she went to his church. He had uh, he was pastor at a church in Bromley in Kentucky, in northern Kentucky. Uh, they were bandmates. They were in this cover band called South of Cincy. Uh, and uh, courthouse employees uh, testified that there were rumors going around that they were having an affair, uh, that there were threesomes involved. Judge Gentry denied that, saying that there was no uh, sexual relationship, but she did admit that uh, he sent uh, he sent her nude photos that she kept on her phone, and she seemed to have a tough time explaining that to the uh, the commission. There were, the commission kind of grilled her on that, and uh, uh, it did raise some questions of why her pastor was sending her n- nude photos. Well, what about approaching the secretary about uh, involving in the uh herself in some threesome. Well, they, yeah, that, so that was another interesting thing, because uh, the secretary also denied that there was any uh, sexual relationship, but she claimed the courthouse employees, they, there were maybe three or four, five, uh, several courthouse employees that testified hearing heavy breathing, moaning, uh, two female voices coming from Penrose's office. Uh, and the secretary, uh, Laura Aubrey, who was um, uh, Judge Gentry's secretary, uh, and Gentry also backed up this version, said there was a prank. They, they said that there were rumors going around and uh, about uh, the yeah. sexual shenanigans uh, that they were up to, and they said, oh, well, let's have fun with this. Uh, if that is the case, uh, in hindsight, it appears not to have been a, a sound strategy. Cause it's... <laughs> That's a light, very light way of uh, putting it, uh, Scott. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> but there appears to be a few consequences from it. In other words, there's a time and a place for things, but I mean, most, I mean, every judge I know, and I think the public looks at, at judges and just the, the law in general is something that uh, has a distinction and honor and you, you kind of, you know, you stay mm-hmm. in the lines and you well, do the right thing there and do whether yeah, you but work. everybody loves a good sex <laughs> prank rock. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if we would do that here at 700 <laughs> WLW. That might be beyond what we would do. It's certainly in a court. <laughs> we get, we get fired. <laughs> Uh, so, so Scott, I, I mean, how do you think this is going to to end up here? I mean, on one hand, you could say, again, is did she do anything like within the statutes that were against her being uh, her duties as a judge? You could say, okay, she she had an affair, but is that illegal? No, but maybe having an affair with a potential affair with an employee—that's probably not a good thing. Like, how do you see this ending up? 
Well, I think what, what could get her in the most trouble, actually, while it isn't the most salacious part of the case, is if she was uh, pointing people to these panels uh, for political purposes rather than uh, on merit. Uh, and if that is the case, that 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 could yeah. uh, prove to be her undoing. But how how these judicial panels? Because they're they're not common. I don't know how rare they are. I mean, I've never covered one before, uh, so I, I honestly do not know. Since it is made up of mostly attorneys and judges, although there are some business people. Like, so there's a dentist on there. I, I don't know how uh, what what the, the the standard is on how how they rule on on these types of cases. It's not really, again, a common judicial proceeding. Scott Warman, appreciate you calling us, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Scott, thanks, buddy. Our, Take care. Our pleasure. So, uh, Rock, I, I want to put this out there right now because the guy <laughs> didn't come forward in court. Right. I would like to offer an opportunity for Steve Penrose to come on our show, the Eddie and Rocky Show, and present his side of the case. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Is there any truth to it? Let's do it. Love it. The I gauntlet mean, has uh, been laid by Eddie. Let's do Let's go. I'm, just, I'm asking. You know, we, you know, it's an open forum here. Come on in. Bring some of your fireball that apparently you guys are fond of. And uh, you, and you and Rock will sit around and figure it all out. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. That'll be appointment radio. I'm not kidding you. Uh, but right now we got traffic. Rob, what's going on? Oh, it is an exhausting day. I will just say that. The rain uh, always contributes to the accidents from the UC Health Traffic Center. UC Health's new mobile stroke unit brings stroke care to your door when seconds can mean the difference. Learn more at uchealth.com slash mobile stroke. Plenty of accidents. They just cleared the accident. East 275 at Mostel are traffic recovering in the area from 75. Southbound 75, an accident near Western Avenue had the right lanes blocked. Traffic remains heavy to south of Hopple. You've got an accident southbound 275 approaching Route 28 in Milford. There's a broken down semi on South 75's collector ramp to Donaldson. It's got your left lane blocked there. And crews on the scene of an injury accident Springfield Pike north of Congress Avenue. Traffic is heavy north 75, Mitchell to Paddock, north 71, the lateral to Stewart. Eastbound 275, stop and go between Mineola Pike Pike and Madison Pike, westbound an 18-minute delay from beyond Taylor Mill to 75. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. Back with Eddie and Rocky, we got Alex Stone from ABC News coming up to talk about the Democratic Convention. And now, Rocky, you got something? Yeah, just uh, I saw this as. Um at first, you're like, what the hell? Then after, it may make a little sense, but apparently in Tokyo, Ed, uh, the new thing is that they're installing is transparent public toilets. Okay. So, so these uh, toilets are made of colored smart glass that turns opaque when the cubicles are occupied. Okay. So, and it, it, I mean, if you look at the pictures of them, they're kind of wild. They look like a piece of artwork, right? They're kind of crazy looking. Um, blah blah. Quote: There are two concerns with public sto- with public toilets, especially those located in parks. The first is whether or not it is clean inside, and the second is that no one is secretly waiting inside. So in this way, you can say you can look in before you walk in. And go, guys, that thing dirty, or does it look clean? Disgusting. Right. Or, or there's some pervert crouching in the corner, pervert. The pouncing. Yeah. So yeah, using the new technology. 
the makers are saying the cubicles glass outer walls turn opaque after the door is locked, allowing prospective users to survey the interior before spending a penny. You got to put a penny in it to be able to, you know, to operate the thing. Now, and yet, at the end of the day, it's a pretty good idea, except for how many people, including myself, will go in there and forget to lock, forget to lock the the door, and now all of a go. sudden the whole world sees you using the bathroom. Not my thing. <laughs> or the opaque glass would make some fine uh, pressed ham on glass, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If you're yeah. the prankster type. Yes. I don't know if it would cover that up or not. But you know there's <laughs> going to be some guy who's going to try it out. He's going to try the technology to see if it works. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're going to it's yeah, they're going to test every weakness of this system. No question. <laughs> well, that's what Come on, man. It's 2020. What do people do as soon as new technology comes out? What's the first thing you do? You figure, try to crack it. Figure out how to do something perverted with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, we got ABC News coming up after our news right now. News Radio 700 WLW. Back with Eddie and Rocky, the uh, Democratic Convention kicked off last night, continuing tonight. And Alex Stone, what can we expect? Hey, guys. Well, yeah, here uh, in Wilmington, uh, Delaware, inside room 232 at Brandywine High School, which is uh, the classroom yeah. that Dr. Jill Biden uh, taught in back in the early 90s. She tonight is going to lay out uh, the case for her husband, that the goal tonight is to go beyond what we heard last night of that he's a good man. And, you know, that they, we kept hearing that over and over again from speakers saying he's a good man. Tonight they want to get deeper into Joe Biden as a husband, as a father, about the, the losses that he's overcome. So her job is going to be to humanize her husband tonight. And the, the theme being leadership matters on this evening. Before Dr. Biden uh, gives her speech live inside that uh, classroom, we're going to hear from uh, Bill Clinton, from John Kerry, Chuck Schumer. Interesting, though, Bill Clinton's going to be recorded, and uh, about five minutes long, that's going to be by far the shortest convention speech he's ever given. You know, some of the Bill Clinton speeches that can go forever and ever and ever. But this time they've recorded them and pretty much said, I think this is his 11th or 12th convention speech, and... Uh, I can promise you none of them have been under five minutes long, but tonight they will be. Now, I watched some of it last night, Alex, and, and, and look, and I understand the circumstances you're working with. There's no crowd. There's no buzz. And it was it, it kind of showed it was kind of boring. The, and the, the numbers showed it. I think it peaked at like a point two. Anything uh, that you're hearing they can do to jazz this thing up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the Democrats feel seem to feel happy about what they did last night, that they, they were able to, to keep it moving. It was highly produced, and the Republicans are going to have the, the same issue next week, being that, that they're now looking at doing something very similar, that even though the, the president had said that he was canceling that the RNC, had kind of resurrected the, the plan to do something because the Democrats are doing it this week. And even though ratings were relatively low, about 19 million people out of all of the networks tuned in last night way down from, the, I think, 29 million four years ago. But still, 19 million people were paying attention to it. So for the Republicans next week, they don't want to miss out on potentially 19 million, maybe more, maybe less, uh, who might tune in for them for essentially free advertising that they can grab onto. So they're right. watching it as well to, to say, all right, what do they do? How do they make it interesting? And both of the parties are trying to figure that out. But for Democrats, they seem like they're pretty happy the, the way the first night went. You know, Alex, the way I looked at it, because I watched it too, is um, it's an excuse to get out some sound bites. 
Once you figure, you know, you're not going to have the pageantry and the confetti and the balloons and all that stuff. Might as well go in there and and give you guys in the news some whatever, 11, 12, Yeah, but I mean, isn't every convention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what a convention really is anyway. There hasn't been news at a right, convention yeah. in many decades. And, you know, it's about Since Palin, right? Since, I mean, remember, I mean, that, I, that seems to me like the last time there was some big-time news broke, right? And maybe I'm missing something, but I remember that one being big. Yeah, Sarah Palin, you were yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, that was even yeah. technically right before the RNC when uh, McCain made okay. that announcement. And then, and then she, it was still new news. I mean, it was kind of like Kamala Harris last week. I mean, not to the same level, but timing-wise, Kamala Harris last week and then the, the convention this week. But, yeah, I mean, you go back many decades to when there was actually a brokered convention and figuring it out. There are no surprises in these things. We know Joe right. Biden's going to exactly. be the nominee. We know Donald Trump. It's, it's about getting out their message and, and you know, showing what they've got. And, and the Democrats are doing it this week. See, wouldn't it have been cool to be a part of the old school way, though, and the, and the literal uh, smoke-filled You mean room? all the smoke in the room? And the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, you know, guys chomping on cigars with their sleeves rolled up in there, just cussing <laughs> at each other. That sounds like the fun. And all of that. Yeah, the fist fighting, <laughs> hitting each other with canes and stuff. That would be the, be the best. <laughs> all right, Alex. Thanks a lot, man. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Yeah, that's you know some of that old school stuff. That sounds like you, you know. If you could, uh, you know, you're you've got a uh, future in politics. I could see you in the smoke filled room, your <laughs> sleeves all rolled up. All right, you mugs. Here's what's going to happen. Yeah, you, you may not see the way I I think of this sort of issue, but I'm going to by the end of the night make sure you see it my way. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. You got your tie on all loosened yeah. up and stuff. You got a stogie sticking out of the corner of your lip. You're ready to I rock gotta and roll. Got to give you man. a little bit of an ass whooping, then that's what it takes, right? <laughs> now, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> a couple of things. Um, it's a little bit, I think it could be a little bit problematic that Bill Clinton is going to speak tonight, because I'm sure you've seen the photos of the... Uh, Jeffrey Epstein rape victim of uh, come out of, of her giving uh, Bill Clinton a massage, uh, like a neck massage back. Um, I don't know. This is like 20, maybe 20 years ago. So um, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be some, some questions about that as he's, maybe there's ready. a reason why they're keeping him to five minutes. Yeah, I might want to say, I want to just uh, kind of scratch that one all together. Cause this was, yeah, this I want to put on TV right now. Cause I guarantee it. Clinton's on probably right now. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. We're going to show this Mr. Uh, President. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 This was, uh, yeah, this was back in 2002, uh, I guess at the airport getting ready to head off to the, on the Lolita express to, uh, the, you know, the pedophile island there. So that'll be interesting. At some point, Ed, I know Jill Biden is going to make a case for her husband tonight, but at some point, Joe Biden needs to make a case for Joe Biden. It's like everybody in the world has got to go out there and talk about Joe Biden because Joe Biden can't talk about himself. I, 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 I find it hard to believe that there's going to be a lot of momentum behind a guy that they're consistently hiding. 
They will not allow him, and I know for, for good reason, for him to get out there and answer questions and be put on the spot a little bit. At some point, Joe Biden's going to have to make a case for him to be president, not everyone else. Well, we'll see. I mean, they always have the the uh, candidate come out there and and, and do their big speech at the uh, at the end. So we'll see what happens. I don't know when it ends. Does it end on Friday? I think it's Thursday, Thursday or Friday? I think it's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Now look, so I, we'll I know he'll Thursday get out there night. one. He'll give her something, and you know, when there's no, he didn't have to go off the cuff on anything. But at some point, he is going to have to get out there more and make a case for why he should be president, not have everyone else do it for him. Well, we got about seventy five days to figure it out, so we shall see what happens. So, Rocky, uh, before we go any further, I would. Uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't pay tribute to the late, great Captain Wendy. Now, I'm not a Cincinnati kid, but I grew up in Dayton, and we could pick up the Cincinnati stations. So when I was a little kid, I watched Uncle Al. Now, see, you're not, uh, you're not old enough to remember Uncle Al. No, I remember Kitty's my pal. dad talking about it, but I've, I, other than that, I have no idea what you're talking about. They, uh, that, it was, there, there's nothing like that now. There is absolutely nothing like that. And you see on Facebook, uh, I, I just saw that a lot of people were posting the, I guess, because you know what it was. It was all like kindergarten age kids, and they're out there running around. And uh, it looked like sometimes Uncle Hal wanted to punch one of them or something, <laughs> but he never did. And <laughs> Captain never Wendy did. was always, Captain restraint. Wendy was always there by his side, making sure that everything was clean. And But you, you, you saw... Um, all the people on Facebook today, I, I, was, I noticed, shoot, there were a few people in there that I know who posted pictures. They would take a big cast photo of all the kids who were there, there that day. And Uncle Al was holding a calendar. And you knew that, you know, whatever this this date and whatever it might have been, 1965, you were on the Uncle Al show. So uh, Wanda Lewis, dead now at the age of, I believe it was 94. And that's Uncle so, Al's wife? Uncle Al's wife. In real life and on the show? I don't think they were married on the show. Okay. All right. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I, I, Uncle Al, but she was like a sewer. I never quite got it. She was like a superhero, and Uncle Al was Uncle Al. So, so was it, it sounds like it was like kind of like Mr. Rogers. Is that kind of what it is? It's kind of a good, wholesome family well, show with good people kind it of was, thing? It was kids. a little more interactive with the kids than Mr. Rogers. Okay. You know? All right. The, the kids would come out there and... He would interview him, and he would, I think, talk to the moms a little bit and stuff like that. And I seem to remember there was some dog guy, <laughs> yeah, a dog costume. Nice. Hell, I don't remember. I all that because there was Skipper Ryle and Uncle Al, and in Dayton it was Uncle Lori, and later on Malcolm, and then here in town there was. My buddy Michael Flannery, remember him? He, that of course. would be like your generation. Michael Flannery had uh, Club Nineteen or whatever it was. I there. do remember Club Nineteen. That was a good show when I was a teenager. And I was good friends with uh, with Michael when he was doing that. And uh, believe me, I, uh, I I gave him a little bit of business about it because <laughs> I because I knew him. <laughs> you knew the real Michael Flannery, huh? <laughs> like you have a kid show, huh? But but anyways, and I kid about Michael. We were just good buddies, and I still give him crap. But uh, but Captain Wendy, God bless you, R.I.P. I know a lot of people listening yes. right now have uh, a lot of good memories about her. So now we take a break with traffic, and this guy, as a matter of fact. Did you ever uh, sit on Uncle Al's knee 
Did you sit there and listen to him play the accordion on that? I watched him from afar. Believe it or not, we got him in Cleveland. You did? Yeah. As a kid, I watched Uncle Al, and it was followed by Romper Room. You know what? I think Uncle Al was syndicated for a while. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, we got him up there, and uh, and Romper Room, and Cleveland had a whole bunch of kids' shows of its own, Captain Penny and and all that. And you, Captain Kangaroo was on down here, too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was CBS. Yeah, that was a syndicated show nationally. But See, uh, yeah, we, Uncle Rock doesn't know any of this stuff. No, Mr. no, you guys keep going on here. This is you okay, name like Captain, twelve television shows I've never seen. But keep <laughs> Captain keep going. Kangaroo, Mr. Green Jeans. Oh, and Mr. Moose, what, what, Bunny Mr. Rabbit. Moose, the, yeah, and Mr. Moose, they would have the ping pong balls drop. Ah, those were yeah. good shows. Those Rock, were the you days. Out. Those, were the, those days. were the days. We got to dump some ping pong balls on Rocky. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you the the, the one show kind of like that that I remember when I was little watching was Bozo the Clown. I remember that. That was pretty yeah, good. Bozo. And yeah, I think every old. kid dreamed on being like that. At, toward the end, there you threw the ping pong ball in the buckets, and there was like five of them. And the first one was like real easy, and then they got harder and harder. God, I wanted to do that when I was like six. I think that was Price Right. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not Plinko. No, damn it. It's Bozo the Clown. He had a clown costume on, hence the name Bozo the Clown. And you You're threw the ping the pong balls in the, in the garbage can. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's not Bubba. God. <laughs> oh, dear. Whew. Rob. From the UC Health Traffic Center. Well, Mama Boyman is about ready to pop. She is. As we like to say in the fatherhood biz. <laughs> She's real close, man. And, you know, her due date is the 25th. But, we, we, I mean, we've thought for the last week she's going to go early just because, you know, she know, kind of knows. She said this is our third kid, so our third kid. So um, she kind of knows when stuff has normally happened. But now it's not happening. It's kind of in there and he's kind of chilling. He must... Love the environment. He's not wanting to come out yet, so we'll see, though. Well, she, you know, she's uh, such a tiny thing. I mean, it might look like she's ready to pop like a milkweed, but you know what? Maybe that baby just saying, I just need a little more time. That's exactly what he's saying, and Mama's saying, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, I'm going to give Daddy a bunch of grief. No, I'm just kidding. She's, right. she's, she's <laughs> been great. Daddy's like miserable for a few days. I'm kidding. She's, she's been great. But look, I mean, she's just, you know, it is, you know, you're, when no, you're absolutely, dad was pretty man. tired, you're, you know, cranky, you're uncomfortable, you can't sit one way or lay down one way before things start to go numb and, and all that sort of thing. So she's ready to go, man. We all are. Well, and with that in mind, Rock and I started talking about it. Everybody's got a good birthing story. Yeah. One of your kids was born. Or maybe on a shoot, it'd have to be you. Maybe one of your friends had an interesting birthing story. But we'd like to hear him. 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. We just, uh, you know, just weird stuff like Rock or uh, Rob was talking yesterday about when he went to the hospital one time with one of his kids, he was so freaked out he forgot to get off the hospital at the exit of the hospital. <laughs> That's a pretty big detail to uh to overlook. You think? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I, 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 I go never good. And I was just gonna say I never got freaked out. Um it was all the I will tell you the second kid story in a second. But the first uh, just a quick one on the first kid 
that was real mellow. I was going to go in. Everybody knew that I might not come into work in the morning uh, every day. And so it was like my usual get-up time. And right before my alarm was going off, all of a sudden, Deb shakes me, and she's standing there fully dressed and goes, are you ready to go to the hospital? <laughs> and I said, are you ready to go to the hospital? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I said, okay. And I, then I went into full scramble mode and jump up and start hopping around and putting my clothes on. And stuff. she goes, look, you relax. Take a shower. I'm fine. You take a quick shower. What do you want to eat? And I'm like, what? She goes, I'll make you a sandwich for later on or something. Why the hell are you like, being so nice to me? Is what, what you want right, to I was like, I, I don't know. Ham sandwich. I, I'm just, ugh. So I jump in the shower. Five minutes later, I'm giant. She has a little ham sandwich there for me. And I'd already had the stuff packed in the car. And uh, so I we go and you take her, and it's like five in the morning. So it's real calm. Go into the room. It's kind of real nice and mellow, and there's no, you know, the sun isn't up yet. And I, I brought a little boombox along because she liked to listen to some calm music. So I'm playing Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, you yeah. know, real, real low in the background. And this lady comes in and she's making sure that Deb is comfortable and stuff. And I'm just putting her stuff away. And the lady goes, "Oh my, you have such a lovely singing voice." Deb goes, excuse me? She goes, I just heard you singing. That was so lovely. And Deb goes, uh, that's elephants. <laughs> she, she should have played it off. Like, well, thank you. A lot of people say I sound like well, elephants, Gerald. But, yeah. The lady was going to catch on uh, in like two seconds because it was still playing while she was talking. <laughs> nice, nice. That's funny. I, I, I got two real quick. Um, so with Bo, obviously, you know, my son, uh, first son is... I was born on Christmas Day, and so uh, you know, like most people, we go to a you know Christmas party on Christmas Eve over my folks' place, or whatever. Yeah. Daddy has a couple pops, but you know, nothing too crazy. And um, yeah, I go to bed, and she wakes me up about four in the morning, says it's time to go. And I think my exact uh, quote was, "Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like really? Like this is happening, right? Because you know, first time dad, like you know it's going to happen, but like when it's oh, actually sure. going, you're like, whoa." So, yeah, we go down, and, and that was a deal. And then with our second son, I remember she you know, was having contractions and doing all that. And then we go down there, and they check her out, and they're like, yeah, you're, you're going to go, but it might, it might you know, be either a couple hours or, like, later, maybe even into tomorrow. My wife's like, Dr. Lee's room. She's like, we ain't leaving here. She's, she gets up and goes out in the hallway and starts doing lunges up and down the hallway, like hundreds of lunges to like, you know, <laughs> wow. continue the process going on. And sure enough, boom, she goes, uh, you know, keeps on going on down, goes into labor. And we had baby number two. There you go. Wow. Uh, it's a seven, four, nine, seven thousand, eight hundred, the big one pound, seven hundred on AT&T. Your calls. All right, let's go. Let's take uh, Ben first. Ben fire away. What do you got? So this is our, our second our second kid, um, my, my daughter, and uh, we, we'd already been to the hospital twice for early labor, so I had to stop it. So my wife was having the contractions, and she's like, we're fine, we're fine, it's nothing, it's, it's another false alarm. But I'm watching how she's walking around the house, and I'm like, this is, no, this is no false alarm. So I talk her into getting into the car, we get about five minutes from the house, and she starts wailing. She's screaming, and they're coming every minute, every 45 seconds. 
So we're supposed to go down to Big Sam. We ended up going to, um, uh, what's that off of uh, Montgomery Road, Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And and she's she's screaming the whole way, and we get into the ER. I walk into the door. I'm like, we're having a baby in the car, and they hit like code purple or whatever, and they all come out rushing the car, and they grab her and put her in a chair, and I throw the keys at who I think's a valet, who I hope is a valet. <laughs> they get her upstairs, and and they're checking her, and the one doctor's like, there's no time for an epidural, and she looks at, her, there's always time. For an <laughs> there's always time for that. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, but they got her in and they got her done, and and man, it was it was the easiest birth that we had. I mean, it, it, everything had calmed down, and it was at like one o'clock in the morning by this time. So they're like, the doctor's not coming. We got a bunch of really great nurses. You'll be fine. And you know, our daughter came on her own time, and it was perfect. So, but getting That's there great. was was a hoot. Well, so, good. You. You'd rather it be hectic getting there and then things go smoothly than to get go smoothly getting there and then things go hectic, right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Take care, guys. Good stuff. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Let's take another one here. Ed. Let's go to uh, let's go to Matt. Matt, fire away. Hey, so uh, it's a good friend of ours. They had uh, they were on their third child, and uh, the first two went fine. You know, so just a couple hours, and they went down to the hospital, no problem. Well, the third one, they were taking their time, and then uh, figured out they better get going. Uh, they're on the way to the hospital. And uh, they're getting off Mount Martin Luther King down there, and she ends up having the baby in the back seat of the car. Really? Wow. So, so everybody was fine, everybody's good, but suffice it to say, they had to detail that car pretty good. <laughs> That's a hilarious yeah. way to put it. <laughs> I've got to say, that would involve a little rug shampoo, Thank you, I imagine. <laughs> Needless to say, they had to detail the back seat. <laughs> that car. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to. Uh, we got time for one more here, right, Ed? Let's go sure, to let's go to Jim on cell. Jim, fire away. Rocky, I want to give you some inside information that's not known to to a lot of fathers. But uh, Mike, uh, the birth of my one and only child went. I mean, it was straightforward. But uh, one of the nurses pulled me aside and. Um, Am I allowed to say the hospital, or we just move on? No, you can't. Okay. Anderson Mercy from Anderson Township. So one of the one of the nurses pulled me aside uh, out of earshot of my wife, and she goes, "You know, we have a father's break room down down in the hall." I'm like, "Okay," and she goes, "You need to go check it out." So I go in there, and it's like a nice lounge chair, and and you open the fridge, and there's, you know roast beef sandwiches and turkey clubs and yogurt and cheese and they had all kinds of pop and all kinds of chips so i go down there about every couple hours and i'm i'm eating you know basically about four or five deli sandwiches a day (laughs) (laughs) we get to the second day where it's time to go home and my wife like is he ready to go home? And she goes, where, where do you keep going? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just walking around, you know. And she's like, are you ready to go home? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> man, it, it was like, I mean, it was, it was great, man, just having deli sandwiches in your own little room. And I don't know if they still do that or not, but, I mean, it was. <laughs> I, well, I think they do, but they, they ding you for them now. They're, you, I mean, you so much just take one of those little, like, miniature apple juices. Oh, yeah. You're going to get that. That's going on your bill, Jack. 
So that's uh, we we didn't have yeah, anything quite that eight, good. I must say, two thousand dollars worth of food. <laughs> <laughs> your wife wants to leave. You're like, why? I'm having a time of my life here. This is exactly. great. You need your rest. That's laid out, honey. Or they might have went through that and it's like roast beef, roast beef, turkey club. Like what the. <laughs> What the hell do you know these sandwiches? That's good, man. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. Or excuse me, Jim. Let's take uh, one more here right before the break. Let's go to to Sherry. Sherry, fire away. Hi. I just wanted to say when I was in labor with my second child on the way to the hospital, I decided that we needed to pull off and I needed to go to the hospital before my husband dropped our young son off at my in-laws so he dropped me off at the hospital and i forgot when you're with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going in the middle of the night, you need to go to the emergency room. So he dropped me off at the front doors and drove quickly out of the hospital driveway. And I went to the doors and they were locked. And I had to walk across the hospital grass campus to the emergency room entrance in labor having contractions and it was december 27th i was due on january 1st 2020 millennial baby but came a little early wow yeah well glad the doors got unlocked that's a good thing how was the how was that walk sherry I think it was, uh, well, again, it was December 27th. The grass was frosty, no snow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I was running and waving to my husband as he was driving away, and he did not see me in the rearview mirror. So, And when I went into the emergency room, they said, are you here alone? (laughs) And I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, I am. That's good, Sherry. I bet your husband got the stink eye when he eventually showed up. Like, get you bastard. What a dick. Come on. (laughs) Oh, I tell the story all the time. He's very embarrassed about it, and it's been a long time. That's great. That's great, great Sherry. Sherry, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. You guys are great. I listen all the time. Thank you much. All right. Thanks, Sherry. All right. We're going to take a break here for traffic. We got uh, the Tony Pike Report. And then your calls after the news, 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. We're getting some good calls here, uh, Rob. I uh, I do miss all those free sandwiches. They made the mistake of telling me to help myself, too. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and they ha- only have those stupid little tiny pops. It's like a quarter of a can of regular pop. So I'd walk out with an armful, like a six-pack of those things, trying to... Quench my thirst. No wonder they don't have them free anymore. <laughs> There's none left if you got through with them, Rob. <laughs> Each one of those is probably $9 now. <laughs> you kidding me? Insurance, insurance doesn't cover that? What the? Yeah, right. <laughs> From the UC Health Traffic. <laughs> 
This is the Training Camp Report. Brought to you by 15 area Raising Cane's Chicken Finger locations. One line on 700 WLW. It's the home of the best Bengals coverage. Hey, with Eddie and Rocky, taking your birthing stories as Rock's getting ready to have his third child. 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. I told a little story about my firstborn a little while ago, the second one. Uh, Rock, you know this story. I, they induce, they were inducing. And so we, you know, if, if you don't, if you haven't ever done that, it, you basically make an appointment. You go to the hospital. It's okay. Be here at nine o'clock in the morning. They give you some kind of shot or whatever. And, uh, and how many of our hours later, labor starts. So we go, we do that process. We go and we settle into our room and the doctor comes in. They give her the thing. And, uh, so she hadn't slept at all the night before. Just all worried about this. Right. So uh, the doctor comes in after the guy had given her the shot, and she's examining Deb and says, look, this is going to be a while. And this is probably about 1030 in the morning. And we're both like, well, like, what do you mean a while? And she goes, look, if this baby comes before dinner, I, I would be shocked. She goes, as a matter of fact, I've got a dinner scheduled. I don't think I'm going to miss the, the, the dinner. Mm-hmm. That's that's how confident I am in this. So we're both like, well, okay. So she leaves, and we're both sitting there. And um, I said, well, what do you want to do? She goes, why, why don't you just leave for a little bit? Maybe I can sleep. And uh, are you like, are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go on and take a walk or something. Just go ahead. Obviously, this is going to be a while because now it's it's not even eleven in the morning, and they had said after dinner. So I go walking around. I, we were up at Christ and uh, walked all the way around campus, stopped and had a beer, of course. I went to a store, bought some magazines and stuff. By this time, it's still only like, I don't know, it's before 2 o'clock. So I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll just go back and sit there and read if she's asleep. So I go walking down the hallway. One of the nurses passes me and goes, you better get in there. You're having a baby. <laughs> I'm like, say, well, what? And, uh, so I'm like, I think she's kidding me. Cause we'd been kind of kidding around with the nurses a little bit before that. And I go walking in there, man. It's like Devcon nine. It's like, there's <laughs> like three people are beep, beep, beep. Dev's like crying. Where's my husband? I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It's like, you know, 10 after two. And they're like, well, the baby decided to, to come on out. And I'm like, well, you guys said it was going to be like six hours from now. Well, we lied or whatever. So, uh, there, I mean, I was in that room for maybe 10 minutes and there was little baby Luke. Very similar. And this is short. So when my wife was having her second one, you know, she's ready to go. Right. So, you know, they're getting her ready. She's on the table and all that. And the, and the doctor's getting, you know, getting the gown on and stuff and she's getting help with that. And she's like, all right. So, you know, kind of while I'm doing this, just go ahead and give me a couple practice pushes. And uh, she's sliding the gown. She goes, whoa, 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 stop. Don't do anything. I'm like, huh? What? What's going on? She's like, I can see the baby. Just stop. So she hurried up and got the rest of her scrubs on and went over there and like literally like five minutes later, boom, we had a baby. So not much practice was was needed. Well, with Jack, that's another thing. You know, I'm sitting there and he comes again. I've never seen anything like this before. Jack was the first one. And and I'm just like in the push, push and all that stuff. And the doctor looks over me and goes, do you want me to cut her? And I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> what that <laughs> means? What does that mean? <laughs> and I go, 
He goes, do you want me to cut her? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so he just lays that blade on her, man. That baby just plopped right on out of there. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and he's asking me, you want to cut the cord? I mean, I steal from Robin Williams. I was like, isn't there anybody here more qualified to do that than me? And yeah. <laughs> so, but I did. But I did. That sucker's tough. There you it's go. Like cutting yeah. a garden hose, All man. through that thing. That's right. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Let's go to uh, Linda on a cell. Linda, you've been waiting a while. Thank you. What do you got? Well, um, my daughter had her third baby, was planning to have her third baby. She calls me about 11 o'clock, 1130 at night, and we're speaking for a few minutes, and then she says, oh, my gosh, I think my water just broke. So the baby before that, the second baby, came pretty quickly. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to call your sister to get to your house. I'm 40 miles away. So I call her sister, and she's all sleepy, and I said, get over there. She goes, she has two other children there at the house that she needed to stay with. So my daughter arrives, and when she got to the house, my son-in-law, who happens to be a fireman paramedic, thank God, uh, had her laying on the bathroom floor on a rug, and as you said, DEFCON, (laughs) the baby was coming. So they have 911 on the phone, and these guys are on their way. So uh, son-in-law tells my uh, other daughter, he says, go to my closet and get my tackle box. And she has, has no kids, so she's like, what? And he says, get the tackle box. So he needed the hemostats and something to tie the cord and everything. So basically he gets the baby delivered, and my daughter then that's laying on the floor, she says, tell him not to turn the sirens on. She'll, they'll wake the boys. So Okay, fine. Then um, the next thing she does is these are his fireman friends. And and so she starts realizing that all his friends are going to walk in on her laying there naked on the floor. So she's in a panic about uh, <laughs> getting covered up. So she's, she's like, get a blanket and cover me up. And he's like, what? She's like, I don't want your friends to see me like this. So anyway, and then the baby comes and the other daughter, you can hear all this on the recording, and the other daughter is like, the baby's blue. He's not breathing. He's not breathing. And uh, everybody's flipping out. And, and then, of course, then the baby started crying, and he was fine. But then there was all this confusion with the birth certificate and the medical bill because the doctor didn't really deliver the baby. So there's all kinds of circumstances after that. But everybody was fine. But the two, the other two boys were sleeping maybe six feet away from the bathroom door, and they were two and four at the time. So, yeah. And they – so uh, – the son-in-law rides in the ambulance with my daughter, but he was warming up the car in the meantime. Oh, a couple hours later when we get there, um, we pull up in there. We go to the hospital up near Piqua. We go up there, visit, see the baby. Then we go back to stay with the other two boys so the other daughter can go home. And we pull in the driveway, and the car's still running in the driveway like four yeah. hours later. Nobody Jeez. even noticed. But, oh, wow. wow. It's it pretty exciting. Oh, it was nice and warm, though. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, That's good stuff, fun. Linda. Yeah, appreciate it. And, and by the way, I'm taking Thanks, notes Linda. here. Uh, get tackle. Box out of Get your cross. tackle box yeah. ready. Taking notes on that, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Dave. Dave, fire away. Oh, wow. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Hey, Rocky, you may be Good. able to relate to this. Uh, I went to the Roger Bacon Stag the second week of January, and my wife wasn't due till the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. End of January, I'm sorry. Right. So I go out, and uh, we had designated driver. I go home, and... Naturally, three sheets to the wind. 
Because uh, that's what wife. happens at the Roger Bacon stag. I've been there a couple times, yes. <laughs> so after that, she nudges me at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what? She says, I think my water broke. I'm like, oh. you have to be kidding me. So oh, I, I'm like, I get her in the car. <laughs> I drive her to the Pez de North. We have the birth of our son. And the doctor, after delivering, he said, have you been out tonight? I'm like, yeah. He said, you probably need to go somewhere else. You smell like a brewery. <laughs> I don't even remember anything. And I, oh did the pull-out ca- I did the pull-out couch, and my parents and my in-laws came and saw our son. And I, don't even, I slept through the whole thing. I slept for like eight hours, nine hours after that. And it was, I was so embarrassed about it. But she hey, said she hey, you did what you had to do, man. You know, there's, you know, it's not perfect, but you did what you had to do, right? Yeah, and I had to honor the Roger Bacon stag. I have to be loyal. Look, to there's priorities, house. Dave. There, there's priorities in life, and, you know, it, it all worked yeah. out, right? Yep. It's all like right. having I a baby it. on St. Patty's Day night. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not going into labor right now. I'm not allowing it. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Have a great day. Dave, thanks, buddy. See you, buddy. It's a Roger Bacon stag, honey. What are we going to do? Like, what? Duh. Send this out. Uh, your call's next. <laughs> 7497800-the-big-one-pound-700 on AT&T. But now, traffic. Rob, what's going on? Well, things are starting to thin out and looking a lot better uh, this late afternoon into the early evening. From UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health's new mobile stroke unit brings stroke care to your door when seconds can mean the difference. Learn more at uchealth.com slash mobile stroke. North, uh, North Bend Road has now been reopened between Colerain and Kirby after being closed for most of the afternoon from an earlier accident. The latest accidents on East Kemper Road, east of Weller, near Loveland. Construction delays 18 minutes on South 75 from Liberty, 10 minutes northbound from 275, and a bit of a crowd westbound 275 entering the construction at Turkey Foot. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. Eddie and Rocky, a little while longer, got Lance at the top of the hour. In the meantime, taking your birthing stories. Something uh, seems like something weird always happens when you're having a baby, and Rocky here is. Mama Boyman is sitting on the nest right now. It's a chaotic situation. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. <laughs> let's go to uh, Martin. Martin, fire away. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, this was back in 1986. My daughter's you know, pregnant with my wife. and I come home from work one day, and I ask her how her doctor appointment went. And she says, you know, my doctor's going to be out of town on my due date. And uh, she's talked about inducing labor, and we and they decided that, that they were going to do that. So they scheduled her in. So like that upcoming Thursday, we had a schedule down there at 4.30. So we show up, and I'm in the car business, and we do these maintenance on these cars, take about three or four hours. And I'm thinking this is going to be like a, a daughter maintenance in about four hours. I'll, I'll be a dad. So we go down, get all settled in, you know, and she starts to dilate. And her doctor comes in and says, uh, you know, things are going along fine, so, you know, but uh, it might be a little while. So I was waiting around. My best friend showed up. Of course, he had some cold ones, and we're sitting down there in the parking lot, and about every half hour or so, I'm popping up to the room, checking on the wife, and everything's going good. My mother-in-law's sitting there. We're waiting on my father-in-law to come, and I go back down and go back up, and, and things are pretty much just, it's like a stalemate. So she comes in and says, well, it might be in the morning. So I go back down, drink a couple more brewskis, and I'm starting to get hungry. I hadn't eaten. So 
There's a sky, uh, White Castle's right there, so oh, I'll stroll over there and get a sack of White Castle's, you know? Of course. Well, I'm thinking, well, man, I better go up and check on the wife, see how she's doing. So I walk in and got this sack of White Castle's in my hand, and she looks at me like I had three heads, and she says, what in the hell are you doing in here with them White Castle's? You know I'm hungry and I can't eat. You better get out of here. So I go back out, come back in. She's sleeping. <laughs> fall asleep there in the chair, you know, the next morning we get up and it's it's like everything's going on. It's happening. Doctors sitting on a little stool over there getting ready, you know, all so I pop in there and she looks like Johnny Bench down there calling balls you know, catching balls and I'm calling balls and strikes and I'm watching all this go on and doctor looks at me, she turns around and she says, Martin, you may not want to watch this, I'm about ready to cut her. And man, I tell you what, when they cut her my daughter yep. come out, they handed it to me, and I'm just standing there bawling like a baby. That's right, but, brother. Uh, <laughs> you just never know what may happen, you that, know? That's right, but, Martin. But, Martin, when they cut her, didn't it look like mash or something? I mean, blood just oh goes, Oh, my God. Yeah, and I tell you what, there's this dude there with this vacuum cleaner thing, like, man, just sucking all that stuff Jesus. up. And I was like, I had my hands on my cheeks. I'm just saying, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. I said, make sure you put a couple stitches in that thing, will you? Okay, here we go. Martin, thanks for the call. That was a very descriptive uh, process. We had, we had, we had the Johnny Bench analogy. I thought he was going to say that the doctor, I thought, yeah, the doctor was going to look over at him and go, man, would you let go of the White Castle? Just move over there someplace. All right. I think we got time for uh, for well, maybe at least we got one more. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's go to Gabby in Oxford. Gabby, fire away. Hey, this has to do with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, it's on a Friday. I go to the doctor for a regular appointment. When I go there, I say, I'm not sure if uh, the baby is coming or not. I'm not sure because it's the first baby. So they check me out. Sure enough, the baby's on the verge, but it's a very slow process. Says, go home, get your bag together, and go straight to the hospital. Okay, as soon as possible. I said, okay. I go home, my mother is there from Florida, and she fix. she's a very, very good cook, and she was fixing uh, um, these two. She fixes from the uh, from scratch. Okay, I says, this is not fair. I'm not allowed to eat anything. This is not fair. Uh-huh. My husband's there. Okay, we go to the hospital, and it takes the baby about 12 hours to finally come out because it was two weeks overdue. And I said, this is not fair. I'm still thinking about that beef stew. I said, my God, my husband <laughs> ate all the beef stew, and I'm over here starving to death for the baby coming out, and I have no food. We got to so, run, but that's, Gabby, a, that's he, a great story. He, he got you. all the beef stew. I'm sure he stopped on the way home, got you some Skyline, and that was good enough for you. Is that Just, is that, well, that was the number like, one thing on her mind, though? Day and a half. That was the... Yeah, the, well, hey... You want some of that damn beef stew, man? Beef stew, man. <laughs> we uh, hopefully I ain't going to see you tomorrow. You better have that baby tonight, son. That's right. We hope uh, so. We got we got Lance coming up, but now the news. Lance. News Radio seven hundred WLW. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.